The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. Well, welcome, everybody. It's uh, Friday, and um, we have on the line today with us, we have uh, Steve Kleber, and it's always great to get someone um, that is working from an agency uh, and a successful agency. Steve's agency um, was founded in 1987. They're Atlanta. Uh, they're a full-service marketing agency that, that specializes in the home and building channel. Um, and the reason why we love having this is, you know, one, it's it's a niche, I think, that um, a lot of people in the in the mainstream space of marketing uh, don't realize what kind of impact marketing and social media is having um, on some of these niche audiences. And then the other is just having a traditional, um, you know, marketing firm that's adopted and stayed ahead of these technologies for their clients is pretty exciting. So welcome aboard, Steve. Well, thank you so much. Pleasure to be with your audience. Yeah, and, and Steve, tell us a little bit more about uh, about your company. Well, as you said, we founded ourselves in 1987, and so this is our 25th year, and we like to say that we are building better brands that build a better home. Uh, and, of course, we've just come out of the uh, toughest economic cycle since the Great Depression, and a lot of people ask me, you know, if uh, you shouldn't diversify, or, you know, why should you be in home and building products in the worst economic cycle for that channel? But I like to say, as you called it, a niche, and if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. <laughs> Absolutely. And 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 when we were talking before the show, one of the things that you had said was it's been the adoption of social media that's really been a blessing to that to that industry. That's right. It could not have come at a better time. People have been cutting back on marketing. They've been cutting back on employment and everything else during this tough time. And what social media has brought is the cost of distribution for communication nearing zero, and yet the engagement now measurable at an all-time high. Yeah, absolutely. And and as a traditional, you know, uh, firm that that is working, you know, even in a in a more traditional, you know, industry, you guys, you know, you guys obviously were leading the trail by by pushing an industry to to head in this direction. What kind of pushback did you get, and well, what was that? What was that transition like? Absolutely. A lot of our clients would ask questions like, are plumbers online? Are carpenters online? They felt like students and housewives were certainly there, and those people do have influence. But what we have found and proven over the last several years is that we have been able to attract the people, the contractors who purchase the products that go into homes, as well as the repeat influencers, the specifiers like architects, interior designers. Those are people who may be uh, juggling seven jobs simultaneously while the individual consumer is usually only remodeling or purchasing a new home, say, every seven years. And and that consumer wants to find that information and probably do some education and research, maybe even years before they make that type of um, that type of you know engagement, right? Absolutely. In fact, um, 
there's a uh, show on HGTV, the um, the channel that talks about home and, and building products on cable. It's called I Want That. And, in fact, the consumer gets into that mind frame where she says, I want that. She has a voracious appetite, rips things out of magazine, goes to the big box retailers, and downloads things from the Internet. And at that point, they pick up a portfolio, and eventually they align themselves with an allied professional because they realize that they can't remodel a home in 30 minutes like they show on TV. And at that point, when they say, I want that in terms of a building product, they want the influencer, the allied professional, the carpenter, the plumber to say, good choice. So we have to attract both of those two markets. And that's, you know, I think this is such an important message because it's no – um, the the fantastic part of it is there's no difference between that and let's say a B2B company and that's that your audience is going online, doing the research, you know, making its purchase decision almost before they ever pick up the phone and talk to you. And and if you're not there, um, obviously you're going to run into problems, you know, uh, because your competitors will be. Absolutely. And it's not just limited to home and building products, although that's what we focus in on. Think about the pharmaceutical industry where they are advertising direct to the consumer and yet the consumer can't even buy the product without the physician and the pharmacist involved in the purchase decision. So it's very likely in in many channels that you are B2C, B to the consumer, as well as B2B in a symbiotic relationship. And and I came... I, I we had some time to talk before the show, but I hadn't told you that you know my background was in the newspaper industry, which for you know home building and renovation that used to be you know where a majority of the money was spent with consumers. Um, and the newspapers you know reached those high end households that had greater amounts of disposable income, and you know the newspapers have really kind of fallen out of place with that audience now that other people have stood in and. A, re- a reporter is never going to have the expertise of, you know, your your remodeling company actually writing your own articles online and showing off the properties that you're that you're doing work on online. Um, and it, are you seeing, you know, obviously your clients are taking advantage of that, um, but is the entire industry moving in that direction yet, or is there still, you know, is it still some early players? No, really, it's about content. Um, you know, the the print media is uh, words and pictures, but an emphasis on pictures. And um, the idea is to move towards online content marketing. People want to hear what you have to say, and that content should be valuable to your audience. The content marketing should be strategic and across different platforms online. What you want is a messaging hierarchy and alignment with all your forward-facing troops. So as a marketer, you have to be a partner with your sales department. And the same message that your salespeople are saying should also be used online. And with that, you then determine key phrases. What are the phrases that seem to work? And what are the phrases that you can own as a unique selling proposition for your own brand? And, of course, Google helps you with those phrases and keywords to allow that your organic search is improved by your content. Yeah, that's the name of the game. And I, it's it's interesting now that almost every single company is actually turning into their own publishing firm. <laughs> 
It, absolutely. That means that you have to have a circulation department, just like a magazine or newspaper. You've got to have an audience, and you've got to acquire them the same way that they do. You have to have an editorial department, which is a fancy word for calling content. And, yes, you also have to have an advertising sales department. But online, I would recommend that you use that very gently because, after all, people are not buying a magazine to read a bunch of ads any more than they want your blog to be shameless self in its promotion. Yeah, absolutely. And and is K and A, you know, your your agency is that the bridge? Is that the, you know, obviously a home building organization? They may not have some of those resources internal. And is that the bridge that your agency is providing? Yes, I think you can look at uh, three different types of clients when you're thinking about being a marketing firm. The first one wants you to be. Uh, make their job easy. Can you get this pile of stuff off of my desk and take care of it? Well, that's low-hanging fruit. And the third of three groups is the CEO, and he wants to know, are you making me profit? It's very hard to build that bridge of opportunity between marketing and profit, although it is measurable. So the most important is that third audience, or I guess what I would call the second audience of three, and that is, can you make me look good in front of my boss? And if you can provide thought leadership, blogs, white papers, so that when that um, client is in front of their boss and they drop that thought leadership that you provided to them, the boss says, wow, how did you know that? And, of course, they know deep down they got that from my agency. And, and your agent is, you know, I think the fascinating thing about your agency is you've actually become experts in that field as well. Um, you know, you're the, you're the past president of the National Kitchen and Bath Association Center for Kitchen and Bath Education and Research, um, you know, it, it, and you're writing articles and white papers all the time on what's happening within that industry as well. So who better to, you know, help a company uh, fix its content problem or, or establish a content strategy than someone who is an expert, you know, inside the field and an expert within the marketing space? Right, and we would like to uh, liken ourselves to a brain surgeon rather than a general practitioner. So we don't want our clients to take two aspirin and call in, in the morning, and God forbid I wouldn't want them to have a brain tumor. But if so, they would see a specialist, and they would narrow that list down to a few. And then at that point, they would allow their doctor to knock them out. Now, if only I could get my clients to go unconscious before I was able to perform my surgeries. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> That's fantastic. But well, you know, it's, important, it's important to write white papers and, and to be published and to give information the same way that a surgeon would. Well, that's it. The people are searching for value and they're searching for information. And if if you're working in the old days of, you know, you have to pay for that information, um, other people are going to be providing it for free. Right. And so uh, make well, it as valuable as you can. Absolutely. We'll be right back. We're going to take a couple breaks here, uh, listen to some advertisements from some sponsors, uh, Delivera, who is an email marketing firm that does a fantastic job, Formstack, which is an online form builder, and then uh, Mindjet, which is a, a social collaboration tool uh, for mind mapping. We'll be right back with Steve. Each and every week, you get bombarded with hundreds of emails, dozens of meetings, Countless requests, updates, and reminders, and a deluge of out-of-control deadlines and tasks. More information and distraction means less communication, which affects your productivity, efficiency, and your sanity. 
At MindJet, we offer the tools to help you get the job done. MindJet takes that information overload and organizes it visually in terms people can understand and shares it with those who actually need it. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more. Formstack, an online form builder that has become a leader in creating, managing, and hosting online forms, is your solution to data collection. Formstack provides small businesses and nonprofits an easy-to-use form-building tool to easily collect and manage data. Create surveys, order forms, and event registrations with no web skills needed. To learn more and register for a free 14-day trial, visit formstack.com. Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 Best Places to Work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. And we're back, and we're back with uh, Steve Kleber of Kleber & Associates, uh, an uh, Atlanta-based full-service marketing firm for the Home and Building Channel. Um, Steve, you had a great anecdote before we were talking before the show that we were talking about. Um, you know, some of the companies out there that have not uh, gone social or been too transparent, and and some of the uh, you know some of the some of the conflicts that they ran into because of that. And you had a specific story. I thought that was fantastic about UPS. Can you share that? Yes, um, it, it's a, a kind of an urban legend of, of sorts. But for a while, UPS and other firms like them avoided opening up the forums on social media for fear of negative publicity. And what happened to them and others is that negative publicity was going to sprout out like a mushroom somewhere else. And ultimately, the employees who were not able to engage online created their own website. And so, in effect, the same kind of negative um, uh, dialogue uh, populated itself on the web and was easy to find by other people. And it wasn't until that firm and others like it engaged uh, in a in a symbiotic relationship and opened up the opportunity for comments to be shared. Were they able to create an umbrella and be inclusive? And as a result, that negative publicity ended up turning into a era of trust where people were able to engage and to witness how complaints were handled. And that's such an important story to, to anybody that, who has that fear of online is I think we come from a world where marketing used to be, we used to create, you know, these perfect brands and these perfect logos and these, you know, fantastic slogans. And, and, and that was a barrier between the company and the consumer and, and that one that nobody crossed. And what social media has enabled is is obviously it's uh, you know given consumers 
uh, and businesses power to cross that barrier and get right in the marketer's face, if you will. And, and as you spoke, the advantage of it is that uh, if you didn't think that you were going to look like a hero online before because of some of the problems at your company, social media really does offer that opportunity that if you open those gateways and you listen to those people and you respond to those people, you look like far better a company uh, than one that's just sitting idle and, and trying to ignore it. Right. Social media really is a customer service tool. Um, so if someone has a complaint or a question, chances are many others have that same concern. So it allows your brand to be public in a place where many people can see the answer or the solution and not just one person. This isn't one-to-one marketing. It's one-to-many. You don't have to respond in complete detail publicly, but you have to help create a conversation towards a private communication. And what that does is demonstrates to customers that you listen to what they have to say and that you're going to solve their problem and build trust. Now, one way to handle that is to have some templates online. I like to suggest a three-part response when someone is posting a complaint or a challenge, and that is, first, we understand. And that may include repeating what the person said to make sure that you truly do understand. And then, second, we care, because if you understand but you don't care, it really won't matter. And then, third, here's what we're going to do. So we understand, we care, and here's what we're going to do. And if you aim on the three legs of a stool, chances are you will be able to disarm almost any complaint. I I totally agree with you, and I think that um, some of the companies that we've seen that have fallen flat, you know, they, they, they had every intention of having a fantastic social media presence, and they put the team in place, and they put the strategy in place, and they were able to go out there and tell people, we understand and we care, but they forgot that third element. They forgot how were they going to route complaints or manage, you know, uh, issues that clients are having, and they didn't have any customer service or any type of path uh, to get those resolved, and we've seen a lot of companies that, you know, jumped into social media, didn't have that path and they wound up doing more damage to their brand than, than you know, had they had it. Um, I often tell people, uh, sales professionals, we wrote about this on the blog recently, that sales professionals absolutely have to be out on the web. It's just like they were networking at events or doing outbound calls. The opportunity on the web is to find those audiences and find those people that are interested in their products and services and engage with them. But even that salesperson has to take personal responsibility that if a customer or a prospect comes to them with one of those problems, that the salesperson, as a representative of the company, goes and gets it taken care of and you know says, here's what we're going to do about it. And without that, who wants to do business with them? And not only taking care of problems, but also listening to take advantage of opportunities. A complaint might be an opportunity for new products or services because you are responding to unmet demands. So it may not just be a customer service issue. It may also help you in terms of an innovation pipeline. That's a fantastic point. It's absolutely fantastic. And and I think the, you know, consumers don't care – 
that you're a marketer sitting behind a Twitter address for a company, or you're the salesperson, or you're the customer service department, or you're the developer. They don't they don't care who it is. They're just voicing their concern, or as you said, you know, or their request uh, to that company. And as the face of that company, you've got to be prepared to be able to handle that, you know, with with grace and and timeliness. Right. So as we said before, the biggest first challenge was fear, that I'm going to open up my uh, gateway, as you called it, to potential complaints. And once people realized, uh, similar to the story that we just spoke about, that opening up that gateway allows for a dialogue, then they got started. And they, um, they said, hey, can you get me on this train? I'm looking at Facebook. I'm looking at Google, going public, look at these stocks going at all-time highs. Can you just get me on this train and not leave me standing at the station. And then the third step in the stage that we're in right now is, okay, you've got me on this train. Now, where are we going? Can we measure? Do we have a destination? Yeah, and and by by providing that content and that voice out there, you're really going to create a, a persona for yourself and your company that's going to differentiate you from everybody else. Right. So many clients uh, look at their numbers of followers and they say, well, you know, I've got X number and my competition has X number. I, I guess I need more. But what, what your listeners probably should be more involved with is engagement and interaction, if you will, the qualitative measurement as opposed to just the quantitative measurement of your brand's goals. Uh, that's such an important uh, factor, I think. You know, the the great thing about talking with you is that your agency understands that. Um, I love the fact that you said, you know, the, that third party that you're working with internal to a company is that CEO that's ultimately looking at the bottom line and saying, is this worth the investment? But you're absolutely right in that, you know, some of these investments are, are you know, not immediately uh, seen in direct revenue numbers, but over time, they're absolutely seen, you know, in revenue, but it may be years off, you know, as you continue to build your authority in a space and continue to build that content in a space um, that those things really take off. And the, the trick is to stick with it, right? It's the momentum. Absolutely. And, and you know, it is measurable. So when that CEO asks, is this directly attributed to profits, while that may be difficult, unless you're selling online catalog destinations, you can measure. Um, as I said before, the cost of distribution is nearing zero, while the ability to, mage, uh, to, to measure engagement is at all-time high. So whether you're talking about Pinterest or Twitter or Facebook, all of that information can be measured, can be graphed out. There's special software and tools that can be used, and um, that usually makes the C-suite pretty comfortable when they are able to see the measurement. <laughs> it sure does, doesn't it? <laughs> but there was an old saying that said, you know, I know half my advertising is working if I could only figure out which half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's great. It's I think database marketing, you know, kind of launched the whole measurable campaign thing, and then we accelerated it with the web, that now I can see instantaneous measurement. And the ability to instantaneously adjusting your strategy. You know, yeah. it used to be you placed an ad in the Sunday paper. You had to wait a week for it to come out and then wait another week to be able to measure whether the phone calls come in order to adjust. Here, you can adjust 24-7 live time. Yep. And what, what kind of tools are you utilizing with your clients uh, to make that happen? 
Well, on Facebook, you can look at tools like Talking About This and Engaged Users, which are tools that actually Facebook give you. On Twitter, it's retweets and mentions. You can measure that with a uh, program called Twitonomy. Clicks can be measured with Hootsuite. And on Pinterest, you can measure through Reachly, repins, likes, and clicks. Twitonomy, I hadn't heard of that one. I love it every time we get someone on on here so that they share these new tools with us. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know how any of these companies are making money, but that's for a different show at a different subject <laughs> because the, the tools are free. And uh, yeah. I guess the answer is that they're they're hiring agencies and consultants like you and I in order to help them manage it. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I think you're absolutely right. And what we see is, you know, for our smaller businesses, there's great free tools out there. Once you start to get into big, you know, regulatory businesses, then you have to have workflows and approval processes, and and it, it gets a little bit deeper, and maybe CRM integration, you know, so that so that you know those responses or those requests can be measured and routed appropriately. So, but these these, I love, you know, the number of young tools popping up. Because, um, you know, these young tools tend to, you know, that's how Hootsuite started. It just started out as a, a little Twitter agent, you know, and now it's really, uh, you know, turning into an enterprise class application for companies to manage their social media presence. So there's there's some great ones out there for sure. Right. Well, back back to the medical analogy. You know, there are tools available down at the local pharmacy. You can pick up a thermos thermometer. You can pick up a, a blood pressure uh, device. But that doesn't mean that you can't, uh, cure your own challenges or diseases. You still need doctors and pharmacists <laughs> right. in order to help you, and I think it's the same with marketing communications firms. Uh, that's a great analogy. What a great analogy. I, I, I love that. Um, and, and, Steve, you know, as, as part of your mix with um, what your companies are doing, what percentage of it would you say is on the efforts of, you know, content marketing and social media marketing? Well, it's nearing 100% of our firm. I would say that I used to be more of the traditional advertising agency, but now we're content marketing whereby words are measured. And, and uh, again, there's a reason why Google is $700 a share. It's because they are able to track the value of those words. They're selling things called ad words, and you bid against your competition. So right now, most of the Internet is being organized by content, and the ability to measure that content and the ability to acquire intellectual property associated with phrases and words is what is driving my agency. So whether we're selling home and building products or someone else is, is selling cat food or toothpaste, the idea is most end users and influencers are going to search before they make a purchase decision. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think this, you know, this interview, just you being on the show, is an extension of that, right? I, I mean, you want to extend your audience and the the content that you're providing is of value to my audience. So, uh, you know, companies should be taking, you know, uh, track of what you're doing, you know, as a company by itself and following in those footsteps. And, and I am a believer in providing thought leadership as opposed to trying to keep it too close to the vest. If you give as opposed to asking to receive, you're more likely to be uh, receiving in the end clients who need your help. So, oh, um, I totally agree. 
Yeah, all, yeah. all too often people say, well, you know, I don't want to give you any information until you pay me for it. To me, it's the ability to use and deploy that information that people are paying you for. Uh, right now, you know, information is like a, a needle in a haystack. It's everywhere. The question is how to deploy it. And um, so I'm willing to give away white papers and thought leadership on everything that relates to my business. Well, it's the same reason, you know, you can go down to – the auto parts store and buy a book that tells you how to take your engine apart and put it back together. Um, <laughs> but you're not going to, <laughs> you know, there's you probably there's get a book on how to do an appendectomy too, but you're probably not going to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Same, same thing. And, and the great thing, you know, I, especially with your agency is you've been doing this for a number. So the, the economies of scale are there is that you're not starting from square zero with a client. You know, you're taking all of that education, all of that information that you've learned with every other client, and able to apply it to the next one, and that's right. that's a that's a huge, huge advantage. Right, and I think it's traditionally called best practices. So yes. when you're an expert, you have done that same diagnosis over and over again. You're more likely to recognize the signals of that particular disease or that particular problem. And although people do value marketing firms for their creativity, and ours is no exception, they also want to be inside the box in terms of proven success. So the more often you are able to implement your strategy, the more often people are going to be able to have a frame of expectation that that strategy is going to succeed. Oh, that's, better words have never been spoken, Steve. <laughs> well, thank well, let's, you. Well, let's take a short break. I want to uh, do the last uh, uh, of our sponsors. When we get back, Steve, I'd like to get people, obviously, to know where to find you online and, and where to look you up. So we will be right back on the Marketing Tech Radio Show. Marketing Tech Blog listeners meet Right On Interactive. Right On Interactive is a marketing automation company that helps organizations win, keep, and grow business. They do this through a lifecycle marketing solution that builds engagement throughout the life cycle of every prospect and customer. Recognized as a top-ranking marketing automation solution with a hands-on implementation strategy, Right On Interactive provides an engagement blueprint for sales and marketing teams so they see where to invest their resources to drive revenue. Engagement drives relationships, and relationships drive revenue. This is why nurturing relationships is key. Lifecycle marketing from Right On Interactive. It's the next evolution of marketing automation. To learn more, visit rightoninteractive.com. Email info at rightoninteractive.com. Outside the box, pushing the envelope, back to the drawing board. Thinking in new ways means doing in new ways, and it's hard to work creatively when you rely on old tools. Whiteboards, sticky notes, and endless email threads only get you so far, and don't work if your team is scattered across the globe. At MindJet, we offer the tools for more vibrant and productive brainstorming. MindJet puts your ideas into a visual framework in terms people can understand and shares it with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more. And we're back. We're back with uh, Steve Kleber from um, Kleber & Associates. 
Cleaver uh, and Associates is an Atlanta-based full-service marketing agency uh, that works in the home and building channel. So, um, Steve, where can people find you online? Online is uh, www.cleberandassociates.com. That's K-L-E-B as in boy, E-R-A-N-D, spelled out, associates, plural, dot com. Or you can check my blog at marketinghomeproducts.com or even our iPhone app through the iTunes store at right at home, all one word, R-I-G-H-T-A-T-H-O-M-E. Oh, that's fantastic. Marketing tech blog. We're days away from releasing our new iPhone app, so so uh, you're making me jealous now. <laughs> well, you know, you really have to be on every platform. Uh, I, 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 smartphones I agree. Smartphones are the new mobile uh, tsunami that you need to be part of. I absolutely agree. We have uh, we'll have our podcast actually uh, on there that you can play it directly from the app. Um, any videos that we have some videos on the way that we're doing and and I couldn't agree with you more I mean what we want is we want to be able to push you know our content obviously out to every single audience so that wherever they're comfortable reading that's where we're we're going to wind up with them and are you also on on Twitter as well Steve yes at Steve Kleber S-T-E-V-E-K-L-E-B-E-R all one word and uh, I go to a lot of trade shows in my space and report back on the trends. I probably go to one or two trade shows per month and um, uh, go to the remodeling show and the um, floor covering show and all of those to be able to not only take care of my clients but also to report back to my channel of uh, audience that uh, what, what kinds of things are happening out there at the, at the point of new product introductions. And and you guys are located in Atlanta, Georgia? We are in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, it's um, no secret we're right behind the back door of Home Depot, so we're strategically located. Oh, that's fantastic. And and are your clients regional, or do you have national clients as well? Uh, really national clients. In fact, very few of our uh, brands are located in and around Atlanta. So we have um, clients with home offices overseas, as well as um, plant locations across the country. That's fantastic. So the, your typical client that, that you do business with, what do they look like? We represent manufacturers of building products. So whether it's uh, uh, PVC decking or fiber cement siding or uh, toilets and windows and doors and shower doors and all of those kinds of products, anything that can go into remodeling or construction. And, of course, recently the new home construction has been down, so in those periods remodeling is up. Also, we uh, specialize in hospitality industry because, after all, what is a hotel room except 400 bathrooms and bedrooms stacked on top of each other? <laughs> sure. Yeah, schools and institutions, almost any um, uh, building has products that go into that construction. Now, the way you might look at it is that the U.S. government really has only one thing to sell. It's dirt. It's, you know, from sea to sea, from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, it's, it's one big mass of dirt. And they inspire us to build on that dirt. Perhaps maybe they inspired us a little too much a few years ago by having... <laughs> 
low-cost mortgages. But in the end, they want you to build homes and they want you to build schools and factories so that they can build up armies and to protect them. So the home has become the most important investment in almost everyone's nest egg. Even if you have stocks and bonds and cars, home is the most important one. If you live in an apartment, you dream one day of, of owning your first home, and as you grow your family, you look to expand that home, and maybe even one day to have a second home. And God forbid if you lived in a cardboard box under the bridge, it would be the most important part of your portfolio. Yep, absolutely. Well, this has been just a fantastic conversation, Steve, and I, I appreciate you taking time on a on a busy Friday to talk to us. And, and uh, our listeners, once again, uh, Steve can be found at Kleber and Associates, plural.com, and you can find him on Twitter as well, Steve Kleber. And uh, and what was it in your, your marketing blog? MarketingHomeProducts.com or in so the right, iTunes store right at home, R-I-G-H-T-H-T-A-T-H-O-M-E. Fantastic. Steve, thanks so much. Thank you, and thanks to your listeners. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. All right, you too, sir. Bye now. Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.